Haley said she would join the pod on the one condition that I did a special jingle for her. So let's hear it. Written by oh. Lin-Manuel Miranda himself. Yeah, wow. I Amazing. Got for, I got words for Lin. Goosebumps, <laughs> chills. I have chills. Evan, you impress me every time more and more. Thank you. Um, welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. The podcast... The, <laughs> I'm nervous now that there's <laughs> yeah. nothing to you. Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast for two dudes. That's us. Watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex. And as you may have just heard in the introduction today, it is three dudes watching cartoons and one dude at Haley Evans. Wife is joining us and our great friend Dylan Dunn is here as well. We're excited to have them. Uh, if you couldn't tell from earlier, Evan's nervous because we've doubled our audience. Normally, it's just two people here, and now there's four on the live version of the recording. So we're stumbling over our words. We're getting the hang of it. But excited today to be talking about a great new movie. Evan, what are we talking about today? Today, we're covering Disney's Encanto, which came out November this year in theaters and just hit Disney Plus late December. Uh, very fun musical comedy, like classic Disney movie, computer yeah. animated, songs written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which we'll get and into. That's a hit. Everyone knows you're going to have a hit if he's writing your music, right? Come on. Great. Great start. Go on. Sorry. Love him. Um, this is apparently the 60th film produced by the studio, directed oh. by Jared Bush and Byron Howard. Now I'm just reading off the Wikipedia. Uh, I don't know. How, how did we feel going into it? Dylan, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Can we raise our hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, guys. I, I pretty much love everything. I went into this movie knowing it was going to be a banger. It checked, you know, it knocked it out of the park. I loved it. I had that like sore throat feeling from like half crying for like 45 minutes. <laughs> My eyes were sore from like wincing up. Like this, uh, yeah, man, I, I loved it. I thought it was a classic. Haley, initial thoughts? Going into it, I really had no expectations because I knew nothing about it Same. aside from Dylan mis- mispronouncing it. Um, <laughs> that, <just laughs> that was all I knew about this film. So I really had no expectations. And to be honest, I watched it twice. The first time I was like, okay, it's decent. But I honestly don't think I was paying enough, enough attention to fully grasp it. But the second time I was like, okay, I get why people are feeling this one. Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar reaction to Haley where I went in not knowing what to expect. Uh, My girlfriend, Nikki, really wanted to see it. So I was like, yeah, let's watch it. It came out on Disney Plus. We watched it right away. And I watched it and I was like, wow, that was good. I really enjoyed that. I was like, Evan, we got to cover this. And then I started seeing a bunch of TikToks about it. And I saw like some theories and I was like, wait, did I like miss a bunch of shit in this movie and so i had to go back and watch it and it's it is it's better on a second viewing where i was like way more invested the first time some of the things are a little jarring and it just kind of moves and skips and hopes you follow along where the second time i'm watching like with a much keener eye to all the details and everything and uh i'm excited to talk about this i think we're gonna have a lot to talk about and i'm excited that uh all four of us are here this is gonna be a good time 
I think this is one of the first Disney movies where the protagonist's parents are both alive, correct? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. It's a good point. Okay. Um, but what are these what are these theories you've been hearing on TikTok? Or do you want to wait to get into them? Uh, we, we can address them as they pop up. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot woven through and yeah. on different levels. So it's kind of, let's, it needs let's, to be dissected. Let's introduce the, <laughs> the, the plot, uh, the general plot. Dylan, tell us, uh, it starts with a grandma and a grandpa. They're not grandma and grandpas at the moment, but they're going to be. Tell us kind of how the story starts off from the jump. Yeah, so right from the beginning, you see this small community of people. They're like, escaping persecution of some kind. Yeah. This is like my very like Twitter centric brain, but I don't know anyone else was anyone else immediately like abolish ice. Like that's super. (laughs) And then I quickly realized I was just a moron. And it was actually, it was like in the 1950s and like just in a, in Columbia, a fake place. I was like, okay, chill out. You're an insane person. But, uh, yeah, basically they get ran up on by some like conquistador type figures. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pedro Madrigal, yeah. he is sacrifices himself, and uh, they, <laughs> and then here's we get into the little bit of the sketchy lore, which I'm sure we'll talk plenty about. But <laughs> there's a candle, and the candle <laughs> sprouts up an entire magical village. <laughs> and, All right, uh, I'm glad you addressed it. It's the yeah, first. Hi- you just gotta yeah. go with it. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> Evan, what happens when they find this candle in the middle of the woods? I didn't think about it like that, but it's really just, it's there. <laughs> I don't think they found it. I think the candle was, they were carrying the candle, and oh. then it, it becomes imbued with magic after Grandpa Pedro's sacrifice. And then yeah. mountains arise and enclose this the village, uh, the fleeing people. So do you think on the other side of the mountains are like the enemies still? Like, are they still like, ah, well, how do we get around or above these mountains? Shit was pretty sweet for them immediately after. So I guess probably so. Yeah. Uh, Instantly they were set for life. So yeah. Okay. I never Um, actually considered that. Yeah. No, I'm just now thinking about it too. Okay. Okay. Candle. It's like like Wakanda type shit where it's a hidden village. Hidden from the outside, but like, what's the import export situation? How do how do they no, get? No, 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 no. Everything's there. It's a magical land. magic baby. Magic baby. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Before we get too much farther into the plot, I think this is a perfect little spot. I have an activity planned. Uh, oh no! <laughs> jumping off, jumping off from this point in the plot. Um, maybe this is a little early, but I think. I, cha- I challenge either any one of you or all of you. This is either going to be really easy, which maybe, or it's going to be like really hard, which is then concerning about like just the movie in general. But <laughs> I challenge you guys to rock through the Madrigal family tree, top to bottom. <laughs> do you think you can do I th- actually do have th- something to say about this though. Okay. Because okay. part of the reason why that song was written, introducing all of them was because they were having trouble keeping track of the whole family <laughs> i read well that, which that's fair <laughs> I, I was actually nervous about this coming up because i cannot remember anybody's name and i don't know if that's just me because it does take me quite a few run-throughs of a movie to remember <laughs> sometimes yeah. so that might just be me but it made me feel better that lynn also couldn't remember and <laughs> that's why the song came about <laughs> and he, he had to write a five thousand word song like a three minute five thousand word song so right, yeah 
I love the game and I love the point. I unfortunately I'm looking at the cast on Wikipedia as we speak. It would be quite unfair. (laughs) So I'm going to actually say no. You can be the source of truth. I'm going to say I could not, though, before I look at Wikipedia. I have a key. I have a key in front of me as well. I think I could have done it. This leaves us to Evan, who seems to usually be the least prepared when it comes to names, characters, details. For sure. So here in Pod World and Life. Yeah. yeah. Oh Evan and Haley, you guys give it a shot and then we'll fill in the blanks of names right. and powers, anything you can. I'm that screaming. remains probably true in this case. Uh so I can get Maribel, the protagonist. Oh, he's just starting random. No, he doesn't have Bruno, any order. obviously. <laughs> but we don't talk about We don't about talk him. about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about the homie Bruno. Um Isabella, the flower girl. Yeah. Carlos, little kid with the jungle room. Carlos. Antonio. Haley, run it from the no. top. It all makes I it easier. Is, all I know is Alma's the grandma. Okay. Right? That's one more. <laughs> right. That's five okay. out of fifteen. Yeah. That's five. Okay, not names, but like so we've got we've got the we've got Abuelo and Abuela, Pedro yeah. and Alma. And then they have three kids. One yes. of them's Bruno. One of them's Bruno. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. This is it's going to ride. Yeah. Walk us through it. Let's hear it. <laughs> They got three kids. They got Bruno. Okay, okay. They got Bruno, who his power is obviously seeing visions and whatnot. Which we'll yeah. get into. <laughs> they got Julieta, who her power is... Heals with the meals? She, yeah. <laughs> Tough break. Some people have really cool powers, and like then she has a power that requires butter. <laughs> Absolutely tough. Like, tough to flour. need ingredients no to fire up your superpower. <laughs> <laughs> like, no flour, sorry. You're gonna the bleed oven's out. not um, working. And then, and then there's Peppa. It rains on her sometimes. Like, she controls the weather in both the micro and the macro. Horrible power. Let's just get that out of the way right away. Terrible, terrible power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely batshit powers. They're married to Augustine, is married to uh, Julieta, and then Felix is married to Peppa. On the Juliet yes. side, it's Isabella. I have thoughts on her. We'll double back. Can we do here? Louisa was <laughs> super strength. Yes, super strong. And uh, Mirabel, rip, no powers. Stop. And then on the Peppa side, it's Dolores. She could hear everything from a mile away. Camillo, who's just shapeshifter. Never know actually who he is or what he does or what he looks like. <laughs> and then... Antonio, whose superpowers being the cutest boy of all time. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> the best of them all. Yes. <laughs> Good so job. Oh, yeah. Okay, the game sucked. The game was a fail. It's too complicated, which I think is a common complaint about the movie. Yeah. You yeah. get to the end and you kind of forget so who's who. I think that up. was my problem on the first viewing is I'm trying to keep track of this, follow whose name is who, who's got what power. And the second time around, I was just like, okay, she can hear well. He can shape shift. Like I just, I kind of dropped the names. You know what I mean? And there was too many of them. They a hundred percent needed a song to try to help with it. Explain to the kids in the village and the idiots on the couch. But I remain an idiot, and the song didn't help me. Uh, let's not forget the the other character, the sixteenth man, the casita, the house. Of course, it's a living, breathing yeah. house. I mean, have you guys? seen monster house no i have not oh Oh, it's about a house that tries to eat a bunch of kids but so it's like the the nightmare version of the encanto house sorry never mind that would have been fun if you guys had seen it but never mind bad joke bad joke move on move on (laughs) over two on games (laughs) you could have also gone to smart house 
Sure. Yeah. Another good yeah. reference. The the smart house is the the Y two K version of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Post Y two K version. Um, is the casita sprouted from the candle? Are the candle and the casita one? What do we think? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yes. I don't know. That's all. Essentially, more or less. I think that's also what's depicted in the uh, spiritually kind of coming out of the candle, right? Yeah, and it kind of spr- it literally like sprouts all around the candle. Just tiles, plaster, shingles, all of it just vroom, out of there. I love, though, the the movement of the house, if that makes sense. It's very, um, God, I don't know. It's like, a, it's like a little fairy. I don't know how to describe it. It can move things. It can pick up things. It's, it's there, but it's not there. It's cool. I don't know how to describe it. I love it. Yeah, like in that one part when it's nudging them to go to like the gift ceremony. I don't know if they had a word for that. When they're like under the bed talking about it and it's like pushing them out. I thought yeah. that was cute. Yeah, it's great. It's got a mind of its own. The casita is really great. It's beautiful. It's colorful. Uh, the introduction song, they go through the whole family. When she's introducing the family through song, telling the tales to the kids. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so fun. I love that they're bringing the musical back. And then it gets to like she does like a rapping bit in the song. It's like I forgot when Miranda was involved. (laughs) Uh, And like it pulls me so far out of the movie every time there's like a bit of rapping because they deliver it just like Lin Manuel Miranda. I'm hearing his voice. (laughs) He's got a style. He has a very distinct style. Yeah, his fingerprints are all over it. For his fingerprints are all over it. And this begs the question. Is he played out at this point? Like, I'm a little bit annoyed at Lin-Manuel Miranda. Where does he go for... Really? Wait, so, okay, well, 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 hold on. Implying you're annoyed about him implies you were not a fan of this movie. I think we need to get that out of the way here. Did you not like this movie, Evan? I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, but the Lin-Manuel Miranda freaking... It just... I, I loved all the music otherwise, but every time there's, like, a segment where he does the rapping, I, I don't know, it's like you got this one trick in your bag, like up your sleeve and that's it. We get it. Lin-Manuel, you're a Mm. talented rapper, I guess. Mm. But like, I don't know. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'll say it. Okay. (laughs) I I agree to a point. If we're okay, if we're going to jump right into the Lin-Manuel. No, no, we're (laughs) in it. We are. I I think this is important. We hit this, you know, we got to hit this hard at the top, but, uh, (laughs) I think this is Lin Manuel Miranda at his best. Like the like the Disney show tunes of it all. I love the soundtrack. He has Bruno drop a hot sixteen in the outro <laughs> that is offensive, like super offensive. But I didn't notice it other than that one. I was like, okay, Lin, like like here here he goes. But but other than that, uh, I I didn't notice it nearly as much. I really really loved the the, the music as a whole. Yeah, Good I take. feel like I side more with Dylan on that too. And I'm not a huge Lynn fan, so I don't know all of his stuff. So maybe this he has done this, but I felt like this was the first movie that I'm aware of or music that also was a lot of females rapping too. Because I felt mm. like in his other stuff, like it would be the main male character rapping, and then the mm. female would come in with the like you know melodies and whatever. So yeah. I liked that aspect of it. All right, so I'm in the minority here. I figured it would be a hot take. We appreciate your opinion anyways. 
And I will agree, it does take me out of it. And I say, oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you sneaky son of a gun. So no, I agree. But it also grows on you too, though. It's so catchy. He's got such a knack for the earworm. He's also got such a knack for an ensemble song that has like 20 different melodies in the same song, highly layered. So this to me was actually kind of like a Lin back on a high, which for me begs the question, have we been in the Lin Manuel Miranda flop era? <laughs> I think yes. <laughs> we were in it before, and now we're in the success. The movies have not been hitting at all. So I think ever since Moana, he was one of the three people that wrote all the songs of Moana. I think he did that. He hit a hard dip. Movies were flopping. Songs well, were flopping. What did he do between that? Uh, Into the Heights wasn't good, I don't think, right? Like that didn't go over well. I think that show, that music, though, might predate Hamilton, if I'm well, well okay, I'm but in, Into the Heights is extremely popular as a musical, but they did the movie and it was bad. You've seen Hamilton, though, right? And Hamilton's getting cornier and cornier by the day. Cornier and cornier? It's not changing. It's the same play every time. It's not like... Maybe I just talked to Evan too much and he just bitches about Lynn Mello rapping and right, then I just right. think, like, it's just getting cornier to me. I Listen. think he's just jealous. I think he wants to be Lynn. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the rapping. I don't want to sound like a boomer conservative. I don't hate <laughs> rap music. It's like he has a couple of tricks. It's the rapping, and then the, like I swear to God, at some point in one of the songs, he does like basically a lick from Hamilton where he goes, or like something along those lines. Literally, <laughs> Haley and I looked at each other. I was like, what, "Is that what was that?" That, and then it's like the the Broadway style. Uh, finale song oh oh, 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 oh. like all those to things me, i was like dude you're just you're playing out of the same playbook all the time now <laughs> to me what i really appreciate about this to to go completely in the face of everything evan has said what i loved about this is it felt to me <laughs> kind of like a broadway play via disney if that makes sense like the music numbers felt very broadway like and so i like I I was late to the Hamilton game. I had heard about worldwide renowned success for millions of years, and I didn't actually see it till 2021. And I loved it. Thought it was great. Everything about it. I understand what you're saying where it's like, Lin-Manuel, you got to like branch out. You can't do the same shtick, throw in a a cool rap every time. But it worked for me. I'll be honest. I I wouldn't have taken it out of the movie. I think it worked. (laughs) Agreed. The music rips. The music checks out. I will say I enjoyed this movie. The music was fun. Evan's our resident grouch. Evan doesn't like any musicals. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm the villain of the pod. I know. Hey, it needed to be discussed, bro. We need someone had to get on his ass. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah. I also but. don't think he's trying to change the formula. Like I think he's kind of purposely doing that. And from some I read, like people are like, he's back with his yeah usual like <laughs> mending of the melodies and whatever so like i really don't think it's like oh he was trying to like show us something new i think he was trying to like give he, us him he's playing <laughs> the different hits. setting he's yeah. playing the hits playing who the can hits blame him for me yeah they're catchy all right all right we broke up into the family now let's go what about do you guys have a favorite character of the family can be anyone main character side character let's go down well, who was your favorite character i think this is a good time for that I might not remember their name. That's um, fine. Give me a power. <laughs> I can recognize them by power. A, I thought the youngest little boy was just so cute that I couldn't get past that. Uh, adorable. <laughs> so cute. 
Um, what's his name? Carlos? No. Bro, Evan, no, come no, no, on, You said bro. that twice. It's Antonio. <laughs> Antonio, yes. I thought Antonio was so cute. So he just naturally off the bat was my favorite, even before I saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as, like, personality or, I mean, obviously I liked the main character, I think, probably. Yeah, Mirabelle's great. I liked little aspects of the other ones, too. I thought they were entertaining, but... Mirabelle's voiced by Stephanie Beatrice, uh, who people will probably recognize from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, where she plays a very different character. Officer um, Diaz, she's super badass, very scary, intimidating. Oh, sweet. And so when wow. I heard that this was I her, I was stunned. Because I, I used to watch some Brooklyn Nine-Nine back in the day before I started screaming, fuck the police. But I, I, I laughed. I laughed along with the cops. And she's great in that show. She's, she's one of the highlights. And so I literally was shook when I found out it was her, though, because I was like, oh, my God, it doesn't even sound anything like her. She was in In the Heights this summer, too, the HBO Max I missed version it. of the movie. I missed so not her one. first work with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, for my favorite character, I think I'll go with Bruno. Yeah, that's a good Just because I recognize the voice actor, John Leguizamo. I think he played Luigi in uh, the live action <laughs> Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Only you would know that. Also, John Favreau's friend who drives the food truck in Chef <laughs> goes on that road trip. Great references. Classic. Great yeah. references. I'm beaming right now because this plays perfectly into my complete takeaway from this movie. Which what is, is it? Look at that. Okay. Okay. Dylan? We already know who Dylan's going to say. And he's going to say, I love her, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Isabel, call me, babe. <laughs> here's why. Oh, wow. Here's a serious Haley question. called that ten seconds before it happened. Why did they have to make Isabel so fine? Like, <laughs> it's it's borderline distracting to the movie. Like, I don't know. Distracting to the movie. Anyway, Evan mentioned something her character did, and I was like, "Oh, what?" And he's like, "The pretty one." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> We're just going to call it out like that? That's well, what I mean, we know. we know, but... That's the family dynamic. <laughs> We're crossing a, a, a dynamic we have tried to stay away from. Okay, so Isabella Mandrical is played by Diane Guerrero, who I know from a weird HBO show called Doom Patrol. And she, once again, is playing a very different character than she is here. So I, I'm loving seeing the range on all of these people. So great She's stuff. She's in um, Orange is the New Black. She is. You're right. I used yeah. to love Orange yeah. is the New Black. And she it's plays a kind of a similar character. Was also on Jane the Virgin. Very great sitcom. Oh. Um, Wilmer Valderrama, otherwise known as Fez, plays Mirabel's father, Augustine Madrigal. No, I'd say more people know Wilmer Valderrama from um, Yo Mama, right? Oh, the guy from Yo Mama. Yes, yes thank Yo you, Dylan. <laughs> yes. Yo Mama. You've never seen what? the TV show Yo Are Mama? It was an MTV classic. No. Wilmer Valderrama held a slam <laughs> competition where two people literally go head to head and just tell Yo Mama jokes at each other. And it's like oh, yeah. tournament style. And Wilmer Valderrama legit is like, all right. You lost. Get out of here. And he's like, you're the champ. It's, that's that's it. That was his job. Just listen to Yo Mama Joe. Evan, you've never seen this show? It was like in the I era didn't... of like 
What was that like silent MTV library? Remember okay. that? Yeah, the writer's strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about the Wilder Valderrama flop era. <laughs> okay, we'll stop ganging up on Evan. But yeah, Fez from that 70s show. This is an important time, I think, just to talk about the animation in general. Like, this was so fire. The characters were like so emotive. We talked about uh, Antonio, but then we also need to talk about like toddler Mirabelle. Like the scene yeah. where she she's going to having her own gift ceremony and she walks up and she's got her big eyes and her round glasses and it's just like my throat is clenching up just thinking about that scene. Like all the characters are so cute. It's so emotive. I've been delaying wanting to talk about it because it's emotional. The, the animators went off. It hurts. Like, yeah, it's incredible. What? And you want to know what hurts? Spoilers for the whole movie. We never really find out why she doesn't get a power. Yeah, which upset me because I'm like, well, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's heart wrenching. No, I I agree with you, Dylan. Like the animation is beautiful. There was one shot where it's, uh, I think it's just like a straight. It might have been after that flashback of young Mirabelle, but it's like a straight on shot up close of Mirabelle's face mainly. But I was like, holy shit! Like hair, skin, other than like the really cartoonishly large eyes. I was like. This almost looks like a, a real fucking person. It's unbelievable how he didn't call her the pretty one. Just kidding. That <laughs> <edit> out. <laughs> Rip. No, I liked that the animation was so realistic, but they didn't do it in the bad way that like the Lion King did, where it was like stiff. Yeah, mm. it was really like their hair was like flowing as they were walking, like. In real life, I just mm-hmm. thought they did it really well without being like, yeah, that was like too realistic, like hyper realistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they find a good balance of it. Love it, love it. Um, but let's talk about the young Mirabelle scene. The flashback, <laughs> the central premise or conflict mm-hmm. in the movie is that yeah. Mirabelle is the only one in this family. She's the I feel bad saying it, ugly duckling of the group. <laughs> Black, Black sheep, <Swan>. Evan. <laughs> He went right to Ugly Duckling. Guilty, bro. We have caught you red-handed. See? He's so superficial. This is not a thing. (laughs) So vain. We need the Black Swan meme. Natalie Portman in the mirror. Except you have her face. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Uh, wow. But she doesn't get a power. And she kind of has accepted that in her adult life. But... The fact that her young cousin, whose name I'm forgetting again, uh, Antonio, <laughs> Antonio is about to go through his gifting ceremony, is starting to bring back all those feelings, all those questions of why she's the only one in the family that doesn't have powers. And then she gets uh, a, a vision of the casita falling apart. Grandma Alma doesn't approve, thinks she's just trying to cause a stir and vying for attention because she doesn't have powers. So it kind of sets her off on this quest to figure out what is going on. Can you imagine how heartbreaking it is that the last door ceremony they had was hers and everyone's like, Oh, we got to make sure today's good. We need today. Like everyone placed like such importance on the boy who can talk to animals, his, his door day. Like they, it, it just she had to go around and see everyone's excitement and nervousness for it 
And then when it finally happened, everyone was just so excited and you could see she was like happy for him. But like this movie did a really good job of like portraying very complex emotions, like being happy for someone else, but also being sad for yourself is like a very real thing. Like you can be upset about something going on for yourself, but also happy for your young cousin who just reached a great milestone in his life. Like both can exist. And I swear to God, you could see it on her face sometimes without her even saying it. Oh, that was like really deep. <laughs> that was really well put, yeah. Close the pod. Well, we're out of here. Yeah. And no, 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 no. We got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> Can't end it on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. I, I will commend it for this. It is emotionally complex. I do love this like new direction that Disney movies are taking. Kind of started with Frozen, where it's like no longer really about princess fairy tales love stories um this one is really about intergenerational family dynamics all the emotional complexities that you just talked about uh like looking back at the movie there really is no antagonist of the film like alma kind of fills that role yeah, but I wouldn't call her a villain, but you're right. She is. She's like not a villain, villain though. Yeah. Well, okay. I would. Oh, oh, wait. Dylan's got, got words, thoughts. I got words for Alma. Now's the time. Let's hear it. I mean, come on. I, they explain at the end. Obviously, it all tracks and people have their own issues. But Alma, <laughs> heal yourself, dude. What is like completely evil as hell to me? Like <laughs> shockingly mean and cruel to her 11 year old like granddaughter like i I was astonished to me she absolutely was the bad guy and i thought for the majority of the film she was a super villain like (laughs) i couldn't stand her man she was insanely cruel to uh to my girl mirabelle and i for one won't stand for it (laughs) (laughs) no i do agree and i really feel like i didn't pick up on that until the second time i watched it i was like this grandma is mean. Like, I understand that she has like the pressure of like this village has been looking up to her family and depending on her family all this time. And now like I've thoughts about that too. Mirabelle has kind of ruined it, but she was harsh, <laughs> very harsh. Yeah. No, I will give you that. I don't understand why they're like one house, like runs the whole village, but that's like not really a huge conversation point. The grandma <laughs> being a villain is where I'd like to stay. So <laughs> <laughs> like did anyone elect them the mayor i don't understand but so <laughs> but it is a good point though because yeah like okay so like the one lady might like make it rain or something but like what are they really doing yeah <laughs> for the it's for just louisa louisa just carrying yes, donkeys louisa's around for the whole bit. like louisa's <laughs> the only one doing anything for anyone else bro she's the heart and soul of the village like it's just a drain on our government resources <laughs> I cannot believe you just did that. Okay. (laughs) Healing people through bread is pretty great. But I guess that is like socialism. That's like free healthcare. So, all right. Grandma's a villain. I think what's great about it, the grandma's grandma's a villain. But like we said, I'm sorry. I'll stop laughing in a second. I promise. Okay. The grandma's a villain, but like it's great because on first watch, it is a little ambiguous. You, She is mean. She's passive aggressive, which I think is realistic. In most Disney movies, we are used to the evil stepmother who literally locks their daughter away in like a tower with a dragon. Whereas grandma 
is not doing anything harmful, like hitting her grandchildren and drinking and gambling the house. Like she's just being putting unrealistic expectations and not being respectful of other mm. people's boundaries and feelings. Dylan's got stronger feelings. I could hear it in his, yeah. in his face. And a sprinkle of psychological terrorism, but like, but I see your point. <laughs> well, what's clear to me is that these dynamics may not be so foreign to like immigrant family experiences. Yeah. Like if it felt like a familiar character to me. Okay. For for listeners who don't know, I grew up Tell in it. an immigrant family. I am Chinese American. Yeah. So you <laughs> were like, ah, this is the huge like run of the no. It's just, it's like I recognize it. You know, I yeah. recognize those family dynamics. I'm pretty sure what I just heard is Dylan called Evan's grandma. No, I'm joking. Sorry. Go on, Evan. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go on. I lost my train of thought. I'm just saying, oh, it, just... like it's it's a. It's an experience that I, I think I can recognize in like difference in styles of communication, in some cases, real actual language barriers, but definitely generational cultural barriers. And I think that's what a lot of people are celebrating about this movie is that it brings that type of story to the big screen, to the broader American audience, but in a way that isn't alienating to anyone. I think everyone can find something that they relate to, whether it's Mirabelle's relationship with her grandmother or like the the sister relationships with each other, like being one of three siblings, middle, young, or oldest, or whatever. So yeah, I, I do commend this movie for that. It does a great job of telling those stories. Yeah, that was part of my like big takeaway. My favorite part about this film basically was like I didn't get a whole lot out of honestly Mirabelle's pure just story of her not having the gift, and then we didn't really ever find out why. And I was like, okay, that's annoying. On first watch, I was like, that was terrible. But on second watch, I paid more attention to um, like the family dynamics and like coming from a larger extended family. I did appreciate I felt like I could see my family members in these different roles. And like Evan said, and why I love that he loves Bruno was because to me, that was like the middle child, like black sheep of the family. You know, Louisa's the older, stronger sister that people always depend on Isabel. What's her name? Isabel. 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 That's your sister. (laughs) (laughs) Isabella. She's like, you know, the younger doesn't have as much pressure as Louisa has felt. So watching the second time, I was more so paying attention to that and got those dynamics out of it than just like Mirabelle's plight, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a bunch of people, like, there's a lot of people talking about the immigrant experience, a lot of people talking about the family dynamics. I saw a lot of people identifying with Mirabelle as, like, the youngest sibling dynamic, which I have a small family, I'm the youngest sibling, but, like, that that doesn't translate to me because it was, you know, super small family. But, like, the way that Mirabelle was, like, the glue, especially without having a power, like, the way she had to make, she made up for that by, like, her connections to everyone and working hard and I think obviously that becomes emblematic of her character and the role in the family and what she has to do to to save the house and save the family I think that's all a function of her place on the in the food chain of the family and also her place as the non-magical person in the family so yeah it's pretty tight I okay I think this is maybe a good time for my theory so yeah let's hit it we're dancing around it we're really jumping all over the place which I like we'll get back to the plot in a minute I heard this theory from our good friend of the podcast, Tommy Pizzullo, 
And he said he thinks the reason Mirabelle did not get a door, the reason she doesn't have a power, is because she's going to be the the new grandma. She's going to be the new matriarch of the family, the one who can watch over everyone. And so like Dylan said, she's got that relationship with everyone where she knows the dynamics, she knows everyone. And think about it, grandma doesn't have a superpower like the rest of the family. And so the theory true. is Mirabelle takes over and there's little things like the house will listen to th- what Mirabelle tells it where everyone else, it just kind of reacts to things around them. And so when Tommy pointed out these small details, I was watching and I was like, this theory kind of holds up. It's a strong one because <laughs> I was really pissed after the first viewing. I was so pissed after the first viewing. I was like, we never found out why she didn't get her fucking power. I was like, well, she didn't yeah. get her door. There's no door. Where's the door? <laughs> that almost makes me like, like thinking about that theory actually makes me like the movie a lot more because that makes a lot more sense. So I don't know if we're just lacking that we didn't pick up on that in the first because that would also make sense as to why like her and Alma did butt heads so much because yeah, like- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're kind of in that same category and maybe Alma kind of realizes that too. And so she's expecting a lot out of her. It should have duped it out at the end. None of that hugging shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that does totally make sense. Basically, someone had to not have powers. Like, they couldn't go, all go on just relying purely on their magic to keep yeah. everything together. Like, there had to be some heart and soul behind everything. And, like, Mirabelle had to fall on that sword. Of the Captain Planet team... Mirabelle is the heart of the elements. You know, it's like really cool there ones like fire, water, wind, and this kid's like heart. <laughs> and, and now I wonder what traumas that she's gone through that she'll get older and then um, used to uh, uh, emotionally abuse like the younger children in the family, like for future generations. Oh boy. Yeah. So does that make you not like her since you have such a disdain for Alma? Now you're just he- thinking Mirabelle, they're one and the same. That's actually true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of looking at Mirabelle out of my like side eye a little bit now. Like, I don't know. He's like, in 60 years, I'm going to hate you. When Encanto uh, 10 comes out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's make our way back to the plot of the movie. The house starts like faltering. It's glitching. It really needs to be like, someone needs to be like, did you unplug it and plug it back in? But there is no, you know, outlet. <laughs> for the whole thing so it's struggling and mirabelle seems to be the only one noticing that um <laughs> you know shit's not normal is mirabelle the outlet oh <laughs> so the up. other theory i heard and i absolutely hate it is that when so you touch the candle and then you go and touch the door and mirabelle like nervously wipes her hands on her dress and then touches the door, and everyone's like, when she wiped her hand on her dress, she lost the magic, bro. I was like, get out of here. I start arguing (laughs) with people on TikTok. I'm like, no, this makes no sense because I hate it. (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah, those are the big theories. So, yeah, so we see, like, the house. Clearly something's going on with the house. Mirabelle's the only one keyed into it, and uh, this, in a roundabout way, leads her to go on a pretty exciting journey into bruno's room who obviously we know Mm. bruno is kind of everyone thinks he dipped from the house um i know we're not supposed to talk about bruno but let's let's talk about bruno (laughs) there it is all right um what probably the catchiest song of 
of yes. the soundtrack? It is uh, it is currently on track to beat Disney's current Goliath. I think it already has. Oh, has it? I think I I heard it was on track. Let it but go. It, yeah, it's going to beat Let It Go. Yeah, I think it already did. I think I heard that like yesterday. Wow. Um, That's their but Goliath. I, it definitely is the catchiest song. And oh no, now I just lost my train of thought. It was our wedding oh, day. Okay. The thing that I liked about it, going back to like the family thing with Don't Talk About Bruno, was like in families, there's always like something that no one talks about, but everybody's talking about it always. You're so right. Like, you're so right. I love that. The second time I watched it and I was really paying attention, I'm like, Okay, I've I've learned this before. <laughs> the metaphors are great. And I think maybe the problem is, is there's so many of them. It's a large family. And so you really have to look at the large family as the whole. Whereas the first time you're watching, in typical movie fashion, you're like, who are the main characters? Who do I need to pay attention to? But then once you get the whole movie, you're like, okay, it's more about the family as the whole and where everyone kind of fits in in their place. And we really get to see perspectives of the grandma who's all the way at the top. We get to see Bruno, who has been outcast and ostracized from the family. And I want to talk about Bruno, similar to how... So maybe I'm I'm siding with Dylan on the grandma is totally freaking awful. This guy has such a rough power. Being able to see the future and not being able to change it would be horrible. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. You... It would be miserable to just know things that were going to happen. It takes all surprise and joy out of life, I feel like. So this guy is like reporting, oh my God, this is going to happen. Earthquake, volcano, or... Uh, and they just start associating the bad events with him. Which is terrible. That's so mean. Like He's helping. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's emblematic through and through. Like, uh, you've got Antonio's room is like an animal playpen. Isabelle's room is just a beautiful flower garden. And then you've got goddamn Bruno's room (laughs) is like Aladdin, like cave of whatever. Got like just a giant sand dune and an endless staircase. Like Bruno got a raw end of the deal. And what did he get for it? Just ostracized by his family and everyone he loves. So shout out the homie Bruno. I I say we all need to talk about Bruno. I actually, when they started talking about Bruno, I thought what was going to happen was that Mirabelle was going to end up, I don't know why I thought this, but having that power. I thought it too. Because I felt like they were kind of like, they were kind of uh, making them seem like very similar characters that she would like find out more about him moving forward. So that's, I really thought that's where we were going. I think the point of that was to symbolize like where Mirabelle could have been if she let like the family's passive aggressive shit kind of drive you, you know, it'll drive you to with spoilers. Bruno's hiding in the walls of the house. I got issues with this too. Like this is terrible. What is this horrible, horrible plot? What you, he's been hiding in the house. I don't get it. Okay. Never heard anything. This is this is an important mood shift in the in, in the movie because it's it's like oh Bruno is the bad guy. Bruno is scary, and then she like encounters him. There's a chase scene. He looks yeah. evil. He's acting crazy, and then shortly thereafter, we find out this poor bastard has just been hiding in the wall. And this scene where the his little tiny table is pressed up oh. against the wall 
butting up with the actual table. kitchen table. You you realize he's been sitting there having dinner with them, but alone every single night. And you're like, dude, we got to talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> As a society, we need to talk more about Bruno. <laughs> and he's just watching everyone eat and he's just kind of eating along. No, you're right. There's some like really emotional gut punches in this movie. And that's one of them. Mirabelle not getting her door was hard to watch. Mirabelle watching her younger cousin get his door was hard to watch. I need you. Oh, that was okay. Wait, can we talk about how they had such a good relationship? And it just goes to show that Mirabelle like knows this family better than anyone. Like kids can be really hard to read, get along with. Like when the kid is hiding, no one can find him. She knows exactly where he's at. Like that, oh, I love that shit. Tiny details. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, it's incredible. I thought the funniest bit was when she is chasing Bruno between the walls, and there's the thing like where they the fake out of him falling to his death, and then they like clear away a little bit of fog, and it's just yeah. like it's like a little kiddie pool. It was yeah, like that was two good. feet down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, I liked that. I thought that was clever, and then um, there were some like little side character reactions that were pretty funny, like when. I keep calling her Isabel, but it's like the pretty one. Yeah, the pretty <laughs> one. When she came down from the ceiling, oh, you you nailed it. <laughs> when she came down from the ceiling on her like flower swing, and you see Mirabelle, she goes in the background. <laughs> like <laughs> you don't notice it if you're not paying attention, but like those little reaction points were were good. It's classic. Let's talk about Mirabelle's sisters. We haven't talked about them at all. Well, a little. Well, yeah, let me let, yeah let me get this off. But we'll we'll wrap up the Bruno bit. Um, shortly after the the big um, me, the Bruno and Mirabelle meeting, they go oh. and they ha- this actually it's a perfect transition. Start you're gonna love this. He recreates the vision and and he sees that Mirabelle needs to be either what makes or breaks the family. And mm. you know we, we all we have our sticking points with the lore, but I would like to introduce my nominee for worst bit of lore in the whole movie which is all of this magic and all of this like wondrous things and like all these complicated issues and and then it comes it says you know what Mirabelle to save the home to save the world you got to give your sister a hug (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I actually like blocked that out okay (laughs) When you distill it down to that. The bar seems a little low. But, uh, um, which then quickly leads uh, Mirabelle into the journey um, into Isabel's room. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, we go from there. The, the quest to get that hug. Yeah, but I also feel like they didn't even, like, really play that out that much. Like, it was just casually like, yeah, you gotta hug your sister. Or else, like, that's that. And then they also just kind of moved on, too. Like, it was weird. No, it's yeah, a good point. It's a good point. But she's she got to go hug her sister. Okay. The sister on. dynamic is great. Because there's the one who seemingly just lives, like, the charmed life. The pretty one. The popular one. The perfect one. The one where people eye roll when she flips her hair. And then there's the other sister, who in this case is super strength. And is like bearing all the load, taking on responsibilities, uh, uh, burdening themselves with family and 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 village troubles. Which, like I said, it, is the village really their responsibility? 
lift your own goddamn mules. How'd you even get in? How did you people get in here? <laughs> they were with Alma. They okay, all- they were with Alma. Oh, that's before. true. They weren't alone. They weren't alone. They weren't alone. <laughs> How pissed would you be if you're a different refugee with Alma? And you're like, oh, that's cool. I didn't get a candle in a house. Does everyone get one? I went through all of this trauma yeah. as well, but I'm just... I lost people. Like. This movie is emotionally complex. You can you can be happy for someone else while also resenting them. <laughs> yeah. We've covered that's this. That's good. That's good. Right. But that actually does play into what Rizard is saying about these sisters, though, too, because you're seeing their strengths but then you find out with all of them they have their weaknesses too like louisa she's worn down from always having to be the one that carries the weight and is dependent on and Mm -hmm. then the pretty one you know she you find out that her life isn't all it's cracked up to be because she doesn't feel like she's actually living how she wants to so i feel Mm -hmm. like you it's all about you know everyone is a complex character it's never just like oh she's strong and she's like lifting that lifting the mules that's that yeah no it was really good it was really well done because like you said everyone had that struggle uh uh isabella felt like she had to be perfect all the time uh super uh the song i don't know the name of it but where she's like surface pressure thank you you knew exactly where i was going with this yeah louisa's song is another one of those like gut punch moments because i didn't know where it was going when it started but by the time it was over, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of feel that. I was like, oh, that one hurt. Okay, I see where they're going. And every character had these charmed lives, but they had something going on. The grass ain't always greener on the other side kind of thing. And we haven't touched on it at all, but uh, there's a fiance involved. And I think the weirdest part of the movie for me is when the pretty one dumps the fiance and her cousin's just like, yeah, I'll date you. Like in a second, literally <laughs> within seconds. Okay, I'll, I'll push back on that, but I think it is important we acknowledge the cousins a little bit. I think yeah, Dolores yeah. is one of the more classic characters. Like she's just burdened with knowing everyone's business at all times. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty handy power if you can control it, though. Yeah, much better than baking yeah, or knowing <laughs> the entire future of family. Um, but no, but Dolores says she. She explains in the song, I've been listening to it obsessively, so I know, but she's, she can hear, she says, she hears him writing his poetry at night and she knows like the deeper side of him. So she's been in love with him the whole time because she's aware of things and actually knows things about him that no one else does, including Isabel, who just, is just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this fucking guy. She, she, I know he's not the one, but, but I'll, I'll marry him. I forget if she like says it explicitly, but did she know Bruno was in the walls that whole time. She references yeah. it. She says uh, it at okay. the end. In the song, she literally goes, I knew the whole time. And I was like, she would know. She could fucking hear him. She kept it secret. You don't like that? I like it. I, I didn't know how I felt about it yet. Yeah, I think that's just part of her burden. Is she just knows all the shit and doesn't know what to, how to handle it or what to do. So she just stays out of it. But yeah, leaving the homie like in the wall, that, that's a big <laughs> secret, bro. <laughs> Could have coughed that one up, but uh, I, I get it. It's a burden. Um, yeah. Ooh, okay, okay, we're, we're good. We're, we're <laughs> covering all the great plot points while getting in all the themes and metaphors. We're doing really well, guys. This is a fun podcast. Thanks for coming on. All right, um, <laughs> let's wrap up the pot or the plot here, not pot. Sorry. 
Yeah, wrap up the pot, Brizard. <laughs> yeah, sorry, different conversation for a different time. So she finds Bruno and just brings him out? I don't know. She hugs her <laughs> sisters? She lays one on her sis. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that kind of brings Isabel out of her shell. The house gets kind of all messed up. Abuelas sees that mess and she goes, yo, you gotta stop, bro. You're driving me up a wall. Quit trying to save the family. Quit being so nice and stuff. And uh, and then while they uh, finally Mirabelle and Abuela go at it, and that finally causes the ultimate destruction of the house. The house cracks around them while they're having like this big this big blowout, verbal blowout. Um, Do you guys think it was going to come to blows? You could be honest. Or hands being thrown? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been tight. Um, <laughs> Okay, quick round robin. Who wins in a physical altercation? Mirabelle or her grandma? I'm taking her grandma? Almost got the height. Yeah, 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 in the rage. Alma was a refugee. Also, she's seen a thing or two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mirabelle lives in a magic house that can literally pour tea for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a KO, round one. Brizard, you putting it like that kind of also just unearthed another like revelation for me. It's like it's also a little bit of this immigrant family experience of like older generations who had to go through hardship and work really hard to create good lives for their kids. This may or may not come from personal experience, but then also like may not be so approving when the younger generation isn't appreciative of the opportunities in front of them. Or takes things for granted. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. I think I need to okay? call my parents or something. I don't know. All right. No, no, no. I can take where you're going. I can take where you're going. I think a lot of times what we see is an older generation will be like, I struggled to make a better life for you. And us, our generation is generally like, I'm reaping the benefits and rewards of that better life. Like, let me live. Let me do what I want. I, I'm doing... Mm. What you you envisioned is I am doing what I wanted because of your trials, tribulations, and sacrifices. And it's a tough conversation when maybe that's not what they saw you doing, but it's like, no, 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 no. You went through all of that so I can live my life how I want. This is how I want to live my life, Alma. Right. And I think especially like in this time specifically, we're in such a like, people are talking about work-life balance and all these things. Mm. Whereas like generations before it was like, no, you work hard. You do what you have to do for your family. It doesn't matter if you're not necessarily spending time with your family, you're, you know, doing what you need to do so that they can have a better life. So I think that's kind of what you're talking about. All right. This movie is pretty good. Yeah. It's a great movie. 10 out of 10. What's the rating system? (laughs) It's duties. Uh, I give it five out of five duties. How many dudes out of two dudes do you give it? Four dudes. <laughs> yeah, four dudes. We give this there. four dudes out of two dudes. <laughs> um, so we get to the end of the movie. And one thing, like, this didn't hit me until the very, very end. But I was like, dude, this movie was a bottle episode? Like, Ooh. what they have in characters, they are, like they make up for in in space like this movie takes place in the house like they do not literally leave the house the entire movie it's pretty insane yeah but i'm gonna argue dylan their rooms are magic 
Harry Potter style, like you go in and it's a whole goddamn world. It doesn't really follow the rules of normal space. So their house is like, I don't know, I would call it a bottle. It's not like a tiny, they're all trapped in one room. They have like a, they got mansion. I reject that. It's a bottle episode. <laughs> we could also just say that Lynn's got plans and this is going to be on Broadway and he's going to have one stage. So he's just making it Lynn's exactly what my brain went. Wait, we all agree calling it right here, right now in 2030 when this is on Broadway, he's going to play Bruno, right? <laughs> yes. I'm calling that right now. Staking my flag. That's what this has always been about. Not 55-year-old. Yeah, exactly. This is what it's been about the whole time. The reveal, oh the on-screen or on-stage reveal of it's it's me. <laughs> that's what, Yeah, that's why Bruno got the, the rap bars in the last song, dude. He said, I'm going to kill it, that I'm shit. I'm piecing it together. I'm piecing it together. Wow. Yeah. We're on your ass, Lynn. <laughs> Um, no, this is a really good movie. Something I want to do real quick. I know both of our guests here are, are here under a little bit different circumstances. Uh, Dylan, I want to ask you, you approached Evan and I about coming on this podcast. What made you, what made you want to do this movie? What, what stood out? What, like, if you could wrap it up, you texted us pretty instantly after seeing it and said, gotta come on. Well, yeah, I, I definitely consider myself more of a non-traditional guest on the pod. You know, I'm a super fan of the show. I'm a super fan of all three of you guys. I don't really like cartoons at all. I've listened to the show. I haven't heard 90% of the source material, but I listen along and have a great time regardless. We love you for but it. But what I am passionate about is getting steamrolled by stories of emotional, generational, and psychological trauma. So I was watching this on Christmas Eve like a bottle and a half of wine in <laughs> tears streaming down my face. I said, we, I got to talk about it, man. <laughs> so We need to talk uh, about Bruno. And, and you sent the text immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. I, if I went back, I think I texted Evan off the wine, like wine minutes drunk. after I finished the film. I said, I said, bro, we, you know who we got to talk about. Still listening to the rap <laughs> at the end. And then Haley, we asked you to come on when we appreciate you coming here. Uh, what though uh, stood out enough about this movie that you were like, yeah, I could talk about this movie. If you could kind of wrap it up like Dylan did similarly. Honestly, what says a lot about this movie is that I watched it more than once Ooh, because true. I am not somebody who will, unless it's like my favorite movie, I'm not watching it more than once. <laughs> yeah. So that also, that says a lot. Um, she was like texting Dylan like helping him come up with bits and then, so i was like why don't <laughs> oh, you just right. come on the podcast oh no did we do yeah, the so bits? I texted Dylan and i said <laughs> we can edit this out have we done the bits let's just work them in right now <laughs> we never actually talked about bits we were just doing a bit about bits we were doing a bit about bits <laughs> 100%. <laughs> too meta okay <laughs> only only real friends of ours understand shit like that it was a bit about a bit. Um, I think probably while we were watching the first time, I was thinking about bits. Um, but also was probably a bottle and a half of wine in myself. So any content was not stored anywhere. <laughs> That's great. So where do you guys think this ranks in, in terms of like, I know you've we've watched a lot of like Disney and Pixar. You guys have gone over a few recently on the show. Like 
where does this rank? Does it um, does it hold a candle to Luca? Like, where are you guys at with it? Mm. That's a good one. I was going to compare it to Luca. I have my mind made up. I want to hear what you guys think. Yeah, I thought about Luca a lot watching this, um, and I felt like this movie kind of more seamlessly worked in like the culture aspect. Whereas like Luca, I felt like they were like really trying to let mm-hmm. you know that they were Italian. Like, like here they threw in Spanish, but like as a non-Spanish speaker, you never fell behind. And not like, not that like I couldn't follow Luca, but <laughs> I just felt like they were like forcing random Italian She's words like, into Luca. What does Silencio like, thinking, mean? If I was like, <laughs> if I was like five years old, I probably would have gotten a little lost. I felt like and Luca, I'd be like, what are they talking about? Um, so mm-hmm. that I felt like this movie did a little bit of better job and also had like a little better content going on and plot and was just more intricate all over okay overall okay i have my opinion um i liked luca better but only for the sole reason that i was really into luca the first time i watched it where in kanto it really took me two watches to appreciate it and it's not a knock against Encanto, but i just think that they do serve a little bit different of a purpose, if that makes sense. Encanto is a lot more complex of a family dynamic, and I do think it takes one, two, maybe three watches to fully appreciate everything that's going on. Now, does that mean that Luca was maybe a little bit more shallow of a movie? I don't know, but I really loved Luca after one watch where I was like, Magnifico, where Encanto, I was like, okay, let's watch this again because I got to go to the podcast. And the second time, I was like, oh, this really is great. All right, we're one in one. Yeah. One Luca, one Encanto. Evan, what okay. do you got? Dylan will wrap us up. It'll be the tiebreaker if we need it. It's an interesting comparison. Here's here's where I see them a little bit different, and maybe what settles it for me is, obviously, because of like Luca being a Pixar movie, it's not going to be Disney musical. This one, you know, uh, Encanto is the classic Disney musical movie that we know or are familiar with but what i don't necessarily love about that form in uh its delivery of the emotional impact or the story is like i feel like in luca so much of the emotional turmoil or arc is like kind of under the surface there's like subtext it's it leaves things unspoken and i feel like for me, it left a longer lasting emotional impact. This one, and maybe it's a songwriting thing. Maybe it's me not loving Lin-Manuel Miranda, but it's like... <laughs> How did I not see this coming? No, it's, I didn't love this about Frozen either. It's like, I I hate when the song breaks just plainly tell you the exact emotional state of where the character is or is going. Like, Frozen, let it go okay, like, spell out the fucking takeaway for me. Like, the Louisa's song in this, I am the oldest sister, I have so many burdens, I I carry them all the time. All right. I was like, are you fucking serious? Come on. 
Only Evan can trash an amazing goddamn emotional scene. You hate Evan taking a hatchet to just soundtrack design like right. movie That's concepts. That's literally what the entirely. songs are for. The songs build the characters in between the scenes. He's saying he likes when you don't have to spell it out necessarily. I understand. He's saying he likes when your movie doesn't have Lin-Manuel Miranda. So they like they knock you over the head with it. This is Louisa. This is her burden. This is what she's going through. Like, if you aren't able to read subtext or text, I'm going to shove it in your face. I think we need it for this movie, though. Sure. Yeah. The complexity of the family dynamic, we don't understand fully everyone's place in the family. The only one we really don't get is the shapeshifter. We get nothing from him. You don't even know if he's in scenes half the time. Yeah, but uh, that, that's me just trying to slip in one more little jab at Lindman Wall. Uh, All right. You know, after Dylan. having talked it through with you guys, I, I did enjoy the movie. I'm taking away more from the movie now than I had previously after watching it two times. So I can I can appreciate it for sure for what it is. Which one's your pick, Evan? Luca. Okay. Dylan, <laughs> round us out here. Yeah, hey, Luca, I, Luca hits really hard, man, and it's it does a lot less. Uh, Luca was an absolute joy to watch, as was the as was the episode about it. One of the one of the most classics. Um, this did a lot more. I think ultimately, what I'm here to say is they both exist in the Bruno extended universe, dude. They're the same movie. <laughs> it's all about Bruno, dude. I Bruno, thought that was odd. Talking. Did you guys not think Bruno, it was weird? Dude. I was like, this is weird. I, I just had another. Evan, what are you talking about? You didn't connect those dots? One's literally like Silencio Bruno, and the other one's like, we don't talk about Bruno. It's both like, it's so similar. I thought it was really odd. To me, it's like when Ants and and Bugs Life come out at, at the same time, or like uh, No Strings Attached <laughs> and Friends with Benefits come out at the same time. Like, how did this happen? Sure. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah, it definitely seems like an oversight. I think that people tried to come back and say, like, oh, this was actually, like, in the works before Luca, though, right? Weren't people saying that? Like, trying to be like, oh, no, no. There needs to be communication. Someone has to get to a point up the ladder where they were like, oh, wait a minute. Destroyed the whole soundtrack that they had already written because they screamed Silencio Bruno one time. Were they just... Were they doing it to sabotage? Is the act of sabotage for Pixar? <laughs> they had Maybe. very strong um, anti-lid. A rising tide lifts all boats. They know Bruno's going to be trending. Get a couple more streams on Luca. <laughs> it's all SEO, baby. Yeah. That's funny. And look at it. We're talking about it. Ultimately, I'm giving it to Encanto. Encanto gets the belt. It mm. does a lot more. Um, love the music. Uh, I'm giving it to Lynn. All right. In the event of a tie, because we are talking about Encanto today, Encanto is the winner. It's the better of the two movies. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. In the grudge match, it has been decided. I'm going to change that in the edit. I hope you know. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you going to say? Say it right now. Not me. Not even deep faking my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on the topic of Lin Manuel, uh, there there is a Lin Manuel project I watched recently that I actually did very much enjoy. Stop! Wait, you're just trashing him. He directed, didn't do the music before. He directed <laughs> Tick Tick Boom. On oh, Netflix, such a good movie, starring Andrew Garfield. Yes, I forget who the Broadway songwriter playwright uh, that he plays is, but it's like a biographical. Jonathan Larson, right? Jonathan, Jonathan Larson, Larson yeah. the writer yeah. of Rent. 
All right. Real life spoilers for people. This is the saddest thing in the world to me that Jonathan Larson wrote Rent and never got to see it or, or the success that it went on to go. And that was what his whole life it's was. Tough, he was worried. Bro. He it's was tough. worried about the success and he wasn't going to be famous and he wasn't going to be successful. And he ends up dying before his success and fame ever happens. What a cruel twist of irony. Sorry to turn this into a tick, tick, boom review. <laughs> First of all, you're don't remind me you're giving me chills because rent is my absolute favorite. Oh. <laughs> Five hundred thousand six hundred minutes. Sorry. Oh wow. Rizard on the prominent historical fact spoiler alert. Yeah. He's like, yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> Jonathan Larson actually died. This, this happened in the nineties. <laughs> I call it spoilers. It's actually just called history. All right. We have lost the plot. <laughs> it's called a well-known fact. Yeah. No, no, no. We're good. This is good. This is good. Uh, back to Encanto. You know, I think we've covered a lot of things here, but I, and I know we kind of just did this, but let's go around and do our closing thoughts. Really uh, wrap up any last thing you need to say about character, plot, story, music. Now's your chance. Um, who wants to start? Uh, we can, you know, who wants to go? Not me. I mean, I think I've said my piece. Despite the Lin-Manuel Miranda of it all, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I I can appreciate the different type of story it's telling, and I love that it's being represented on screen. Um, I think that'll be fantastic. And who knows, maybe 15 to 20 years from now, we'll just see a whole generation of kids named Bruno. It'll be a super popular name. <laughs> yes. Bruno Bizarre. That's right. That, that kind of plays. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't hate it. Okay. Okay. As someone who does not go out of her way to watch any animated content, I am glad that mostly this podcast <laughs> made me watch this movie, not once, but twice. I do think that it was good. I appreciated the complexity because I do sometimes worry that animated content is more directed towards a younger audience. And so I won't get much out of it, but I do feel like I got a lot out of this film. I really Mm -hmm. liked the family dynamics. I liked the multi-dimensional characters that are in this. And overall, I probably would watch it again. And I haven't gotten Don't Talk About Bruno out of my head i haven't mm-hmm. even listened to the song about the older sister since i watched uh, it and randomly that was in my head today so, so clearly good. they've done something right yeah yeah dylan what do you got for us you want me to go I can isabel go. i know you just got out of something serious <laughs> whenever you're ready you know where to find me at dilly reads on instagram <laughs> hit me up i'm i'm ready when you are babe is that your closing thought I mean, it can be. I just, I mean, that literally last thing you're going to say, we're going to wrap up here. Two, three minutes, depending on how long I rant. Can we at least get one? I love her, dude. I love her, dude. Oh, there it is. Okay. 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 Great closing thoughts so far, guys. You guys are killing it. So for me, this movie, not going to lie, it is really, really good. I think the one downside, I think Evan hit on it, is it does maybe have a little bit too much of the Lin-Manuel branding on it, if you will. If it was maybe just more organic, I think you could call this an all-time movie. I'm serious. This movie, for me, nails story, complexity, characters, 
love the songs. Uh, you bet your ass I was dancing when they were all dancing, when they were fucking, yeah, I was dancing right along with them. And this movie just has such a beautiful color palette when things are going good. And, you know, when things are going bad, it, it, things visually don't look as well. I really, really think if for some reason you are about an hour and a half into this with us still and you haven't watched this, you need to go watch this right now. You will not regret it. It's really good, really fantastic. Stephanie Beatrice, uh, lead voice, fantastic. If you know her as Rosa Diaz from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you will be astounded. It literally doesn't sound like her. Um, I, I really think that this is the type of movie that in all honesty is like why we started this podcast. It's a children's movie, but it's got such a complex, deep story that relates to so many different people about so many different things. And, you know, that's the kind of shit that I love. So can't recommend this enough. Real quick before we wrap up, what's everyone's favorite song off the soundtrack? Yeah, that's a good question. Surprisingly, I do have one. I'm basic. Mine's We Don't Talk About Bruno. Fair enough. Mine's Dos Ori Getas. I don't know how to pronounce Excuse that. Excuse me? Dos Ori <laughs> Okay, give us context. What are you saying? What's When's this song happen? I think it's when Alma's like reminiscing about the past or something, but it's like oh, all in okay. Spanish. Yeah. It's like yes. a beautiful acoustic guitar yes, song. Yes, yes, yes. It is a great song. Fun fact, that was the first song that Lynn had written completely in Spanish. Mm. Lynn I'll give that one to you it's pretty good he is gonna hate you after listening to this podcast just warning Evan favorite or excuse me Dylan favorite song um it it actually is my favorite song I'm not doing the bit but when they're in Isabel's room what else can I do oh okay no no uh, it's a great song because it's perfect it's all about the flowers and stuff what else can I? Do? And she's like, bring it on, bring it on. And they 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 make uh, Mirabelle do ultimate alto energy, which is like her whole role in life is yeah. like just being the ultimate alto. It's like bring it on, bring it on. She's like literally doing the baseline with her voice and words. It's just like the dynamic is so perfect. While Isabel's like just like like riffing hard. Yeah, that song rips. Nice, nice. Haley, did you give us yours? Um, no, but I think it has to be. Don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. And specifically, I really like, I need to be better with these names. I'm so sorry. What's the one who can hear everything? Dolores. Dolores. I specifically mm. like Dolores's verse on it. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he changed. He told me that a man, like, <laughs> they, they go the Isabel key change into Dolores. That's, Wait, no, you had it. Do it again. I've been singing that. She's like, he told me that like the grapes on a vine. He told me that da 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 da. <laughs> that shit yeah. hits hard you as got hell. It. You got it. You got it. That was good. I told you you could do it. She's gonna believe in yourself. Shout out Dolores. Yeah, she rips that. You're right, Haley. That's that's how I learned. <laughs> I've had that stuck in my head for days. The music's great. I don't know if it's like illegal or not, but we should have some of the music play us out here. Only the bops. Maybe like or maybe fifteen seconds. <laughs> That's according fine. to copyright law. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> We're going to have to just do it acapella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can just do it acapella version. All right, let's <laughs> take 30 minutes off the air choreographing. Come back. Okay, we're back. We're going to do that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 Haley's ready. 
That was me doing the Dolores part. I don't actually know what she says. And she's just like, and that's why I like it. It was good. Real good. That's my input. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. This was, I'm not kidding. This was a lot of fun. If you couldn't tell, I laughed a shitload. Could barely get through some sentences. Uh, you guys were both great guests. I, I, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. You know, I would tell you straight if you were bad because I love both of you so much. You just be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I would tell you. I'd be like, that was so, so guys. Hey, absolute joy, man. Had a blast. You guys keep up the great work. I'll be tuning in. No matter what anime shit you guys are talking about, I'll be laughing at the bits, even though I have no <laughs> idea bits. what's going on. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for having me here. I usually just kind of overhear the episodes when I'm sitting on the couch on the other side of that wall there. So it's really great to be in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is happening. You know, it's great. It's important to have women in the room. So at the table. It is. <laughs> it is. No, at, in the room at the table. This movie was all about women empowerment, women supporting women. Except, mm-hmm. except the grandma. She's usually just Bruno on the other side of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said that. I really relate to Bruno as I do have a tiny little hole in the wall here that I watch <laughs> every podcast. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good bit. See, that would have been a really good bit if you had like thought and we could have worked it in and be like, I'm usually on the other side. I'll, uh, I'll drop it into the middle of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. You guys. I was very nervous to do this because as Evan knows, like I have to pay attention to everything I watch. So I'm like, Evan, I can't talk about this. I don't pay attention to what I'm watching. <laughs> so I was no, very nervous. No, I mean, as we've it, you... learned, so do I. I mostly just read <laughs> off the Wikipedia while we record. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think Evan is like four for four on our last podcast where he mentions at one point, yeah, I fell asleep during this part. I, I, I went back and I went back and watched it, I swear. But yeah, I fell asleep the first time I was watching it. Yeah, Evan just volunteering that he didn't give a shit. Yeah, I hate <laughs> it. Come on, man. Um, no, but you guys brought on great points, great insight. I could tell you both really enjoyed this movie, and uh, that's what we love to have on the podcast. Uh, good times, laughter, and uh, you know some singing. We, we, we broke out in some song, which usually doesn't happen. Post-production is going to be a bitch, dude. We might have to move <laughs> whole segments. Fucking, I don't know, bro. We were on one. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's on me. That's Um, the great part, Dylan. Is we're like Alex, and we don't have to worry about it. We just go about our day, and it's all on Evan. Yeah, yeah. I want to take this moment to give Evan just so much props, and not just because we're talking about it right now. Because I love you, Evan. He does a ton. No, but for real, Evan does a ton for the podcast. I show up, look pretty, talk loudly, and Evan does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. and so he's the he's the real hero of two dudes watch cartoons. So if you love the podcast, you love Evan Leon. I'm the Mirabelle of two dudes. Yeah, that's right. The youngest sibling of the podcast. Uh, I'm the pretty one. No, <laughs> <laughs> the totally big. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have to edit that out. What the hell? You can't say that. Just we all know it's true. Okay. Woo, good times though. Thank you guys so much. Two people that make the podcast possible. Uh, we appreciate your support. Um, if you guys want to follow Dylan, occasionally he does live readings on Instagram mm-hmm. at Dylan Andrew Dunn, the full legal name, bro. What kind of a absolute chaotic brain broke move was that in 2012? <laughs> Dylan Andrew Dunn with an E. <laughs> so tune in. Um, if if you watched Encanto and loved it, tweet us at Two Dudes Watch or write us on Instagram at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. 
if you vehemently disagree with me, which everyone <laughs> here apparently does, uh, let us know. We appreciate you guys listening for so long. Um, and that'll do it for this episode. We'll catch you next time. Yes. Woo. Peace. So do